trio now. <laughs> That's triumvirate. right. <laughs> Loose uh, triumvirate of power. All right, cool. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Okay, Rob good. Snorting. Yeah, I'm snorting already. I just my aim now is just to make you both snort as much as possible. Okay, <laughs> perfect. Snorting. That's all we need. Okay, well we are recording. Welcome to episode six of the Twelve Pound Podcast. I'm your co-host Robert. I am here with my mom Bobby, and I want to remind everyone this is a podcast about life's changes and how we hope to help you face them through shared stories and experiences. Hey, mom. Hi, Rob. Hi, mom. Rob. Yes. I am very excited to introduce you and our audience to our first ever 12-pound podcast guest, Julie Keck. Hi, Julie. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Rob. Hi, Hi Julie. So Julie is joining us from Chicago, where it is equally hot and humid. How are you doing there? Are you hanging in there? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I'm glad we're doing this podcast. It's distracting me a little bit. I feel nice and cool and calm. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> Take you out of that Chicago heat. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Julie. And just so everyone knows and gets to know you a little bit better, uh, Julie is a filmmaker, writer, and business consultant whose career has focused on putting the power to tell stories into the hands of those who have been historically marginalized. She is currently a consulting producer for the storytelling arm of the global nonprofit Nia Taro, where she contributes to the Seedcast podcast, uh, Theory Indigenous Media Makers Database, and the Reciprocity film series. Uh, she is also the co-founder of Breaking Light Studio, which works in partnership with Lily Wachowski to bridge intersectional writers and directors to careers in the film and television industry. That is awesome, Julie. It sounds like you've got a really interesting and exciting career, and it makes our conversation around the kitchen table seem that much more exciting. Makes oh, us seem a little you. more important. <laughs> a little bit. You, you're, you're definitely raising the importance raising of this podcast. <laughs> well, I'm glad to play my part. Well, good. Well, thank you again for joining us. So before we get into today's episode, Mom, I have a question for you. Yes. I just got home from a road trip to Virginia. I was actually in Virginia and West Virginia. I was going through Shenandoah and through the George Washington National Forest. And while I was traveling, I checked into a lodge in Shenandoah uh, National Park. And as I was checking in, I booked my cabin and I was very excited because it was the first time I had I'd gotten away by myself in a long time. I've got two daughters, as, as you know, and our audience has come to know. And uh, it was the first time in a while I, I was without both of them. So I had a chance to get away. So I'm on this road trip and I'm checking into the lodge. And when I'm checking in, I, I turn around and there's this nice couple behind me. And the woman asked me, she goes, oh, are, are you traveling alone? And I said, oh, yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm traveling alone. I'm, you know, I'm just doing a road trip. And she said, you must be so lonely. I said, oh, my God, I guess I am lonely. Like, what am I doing? So I was thinking to myself as I stepped away from that conversation, I could not let go of whether I was looked at as this lonely drifter who was roaming through the foothills. Uh, and I couldn't stop thinking about it for a, a while. And all I was thinking to myself and you in this podcast is, when did you stop giving a shit about what other people think? Well, I thought Virginia was for lovers. Oh, apparently it's for losers. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it's for losers. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, apparently this person really was concerned about the fact that I was on this road trip alone. And then after she said it, I couldn't stop thinking about the fact that I am now alone yeah, in the yeah, mountains. You, let that, you let, let that get to you, huh? I did. Yeah. I did. When did you stop caring about what others had to say about you? You know, I don't think I've ever completely stopped caring. I mean, that, that would be pretty good. But basically, you know, with age, 
definitely with age. Um, you, you get a little experience, and I, unfortunately, I guess a little hardened to, you start to realize it's not about you. So is there a date? Categorize. Is there a, do you have, <laughs> a, cal- a, date, do you have a calendar? Let me get my calendar. Because the, is, if there's a date, <laughs> I'm going to mark date. it on my iPhone so <laughs> right. I get an, a, a, right. a reminder. Yeah, you start to just say, you know, you start to stop the thought and say, this woman has just made you a lonely man. She doesn't even, she's standing behind you in line. She has no idea who you are or what you're about. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of uh, ridiculous to like hold on to something that somebody says about you that doesn't even know you. I guess where it has a little bit more of a holding power is when it's someone near and dear to you and there's some, you know, then you then you do care a little bit more. But basically you can't uh, let that stuff get you. And I do think it's age. I think you learn a lot of, you know, you can just sort of brush things off and let them go and sort of see the humor in it. I mean, what's that about? She thinks you're lonely. What'd you, what'd you have on? <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> I, I mean, it looked like I was ready. Crying? <laughs> <laughs> Not right then. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but no, I now I don't know what it was, but it made me think about this episode because we yeah. knew we were going to be talking about labels and what people uh, may or may not think of you, what you may or may not think of yourself as it relates to the world you're operating in. And that's one of the reasons we were so excited to have Julie join us. She mm-hmm. works closely with people who are putting their, their stories in their own hands, who they are in their own hands. That yeah. was one of the reasons we were really excited, Julie, to have you join, because mm-hmm. I, I think it's something that we talk about a lot. And uh, as this as this episode progresses, you and mom and are going to be sharing your stories. And um, and I'm, I'm lucky to have the opportunity to sit here and listen. I was just going to say my ride's here. Julie's <laughs> ride is here. Sorry. Actually, I think, uh, yeah. Ju- uh, just a, a quick update to our audience. Julie just got her uh, ramen delivered. That's her delivery truck. <laughs> right. Rub up. <laughs> These are the, the beautiful sounds of uh, Chicago. I know. I loved street. it. It was perfect. It's yeah. <laughs> <That's> great. Authentic. <laughs> authentic. Uh, yeah. Background yeah. Noise here. yeah. And yeah, I, I, uh, that is leading right into what we wanted to talk about today. Labels. Whether a label, a category is fine with you, not fine with you, you, you know, is, that's something that you should choose. So, and that woman, mm-hmm. interestingly enough, instantly gave you a label. Yeah, that's what we're going to get into. And hopefully uh, I can tell you a little bit about my story and, and uh, Julie can tell you a little bit about hers. Well, before we get started, we want to thank our sponsor, Maury's Piers. Maury's Piers, located on the boardwalk in Wildwood, New Jersey, is a classic seaside amusement park, family owned and operated since the late 60s. If you haven't been to Maury's Piers and you're feeling a little alone, what are you waiting for? Visit them at Surfside Pier featuring the Ocean Oasis Water Park and Beach Club at 25th Avenue, Mariner's Landing Pier featuring Raging Waters Water Park at Scavenger Avenue, and Adventure Pier at Spencer Avenue. I guess I could probably open this up to, we were going to um, title this episode, Buy Now, Gay Later, and kind of changed, you know, when we were talking about it, it in itself is a label, you know, is a label, is putting something on somebody that might not necessarily be true. And I, you know, really relate to that. It's been quite a while ago, but after my marriage, uh, long-term marriage to a male, ended. I was with a woman for a fairly long-term relationship, which ended. And a gay male friend of mine, good friend of mine, you know, wanted to cheer me up and invited me over to uh, Rehoboth. And he was already thinking about fixing me up, which is how this came came about. And that's when I said to him, you know, Nick, I, I don't really think I'm a lesbian. And his comment to that was, well, buy now, gay later, which I thought was, at the time, just a play on words, and I found it humorous. I, I really didn't go any, any deeper than that. 
got back to uh, Jersey and I was thinking about it. And it was interesting because I thought what he was saying was to me uh, when I thought about it was that I'm in denial about who I am rather than sort of a little confused and figuring out what it was that, not that I was going to label myself, but, you know, my feelings. So although it was a funny title because it was a play on words, it's, um, it's somebody making judgment, you know, sort of a ge- screaming generalization about who you are because you had a relationship with a woman, then that's the deal. That's who you are. And then I thought about it a little more and I thought, well, you know, sometimes those statements come from where Nick is coming from, meaning maybe he's been around a lot of gay males that were in heterosexual relationships and then ended up with a man. You know, he's relating to his life, his his group of, you know, his network and has nothing to do with me. So anyway, that's kind of where this that title was going to be and, and what it was about and... Uh, you know, speaking for myself, I'm not, after all these years, um, I still don't categorize myself as a lesbian or bisexual. I'm just Bobby. And, mm-hmm. you know, Bobby just is with the person that she wants to be with. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. You know, it's okay that way. And it would be okay if I were a lesbian. It's all okay. It's, it's what, you know, it's, it's about me. It wasn't about Nick. It's about me. And I know, Julie, you have a um, different story, your story. So mm-hmm. what, what would you say as far as we're talking about being put into a, a category? Was that something that you are familiar with? Sure. You mean as a, as a storyteller? I'm just kidding. <laughs> right, right, right. How did I come out as a storyteller? <laughs> come out, right. I find it very difficult to say. And like, I really have to check out people before I share that. <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> Yeah, so this was not in my bio. I am also, I am a, a queer woman. I'm a queer cis woman. I'm white. I'm settler heritage, German, Swiss, and French. I grew up in the Midwest in Southern Illinois. I li- have lived in Chicago for over 20 years. And I mean, within all that, so I just shared just like these are my identities, like this is who I am. And already, you know, whenever we introduce ourselves, and especially if you share things like that, people start to like put together a picture of what you are, not even just like what they're seeing, but like what all those identities add up to. And they think they know something about you. I don't know if what I just shared are labels, but based on what they think they know about you. And I even was thinking about that during the story you told Rob, you know, that woman just saw you in this, this one moment in time, just saw that you were standing in a place alone and decided like, oh my God, he's going through this major tragedy that he's, he's that you're lonely. Like there, it's a fact that you might've been standing there alone and by yourself. Lonely is a whole different thing. Lonely is like, what's going on in your soul? What harm has come to you? And like, are you okay? I agree, it was, so a, big, t- it was a big jump. <laughs> it's wild, yeah, it's yeah. really wild. But yeah, so I mean, for me with labels and being a queer woman, you were talking a little bit earlier about that question, when did you stop caring what people think? And so I'm in my late 40s and I try to like be very independent. I don't care what anyone thinks, but I'm also human. Like I've been living in the world with other humans. Exactly. And people who I care about and then also wanting to be liked and wanting to be respected and wanting to not be harmed. And so in terms of what I share about myself with, like I'm actually pretty out. I don't share all the details of my life. I happen to be married 
Uh, I'm married to someone who I've been with for 23 years. Um, they are non-binary, and that's been a journey. When we met, um, they identified as a woman, and I think now even in in their 40s, they're sort of coming into the language that best describes them. But even, you know, living in a relationship with someone that other people would identify as a woman, they would, they're like, oh, well, then you're a lesbian, right? Because I happen to be a queer woman who's, who's with someone who people identify as female. And that also erases who I actually am. Like, I consider myself, like, I say queer on purpose. I actually have a wide range of people that I'm attracted to, maybe in the current lingo used by the kids. Like, they might say pan. I don't know. I just know, kind of like you, Bobby, I just have always been attracted to and loved who I loved. Yeah. Um, the only the only commonality across the people that I have like cared about and been attracted to in that way is that they're all people I consider very, very smart. So if there's a word for, you know, like always go after the smartest person in the room, that's my sexuality. But <laughs> that's good. We have to get a word. Yeah. I don't, I can't say that I, I totally have let go of wanting people, like caring what people think. And even it, that conversation kind of took me back to like my early twenties when I was sort of realizing that I wasn't straight. And this is in the nineties, this is in the mid to late nineties and coming out to my parents felt huge. And I was pretty safe. Like I knew my parents loved me. I knew my parents wouldn't reject me as a person. I knew I wouldn't be homeless. I wouldn't be disowned. I knew I wasn't worried about that. But there was something about I knew that as soon as I said the words, it would be more real because someone would know besides myself. And I also felt they would they would look at me differently. Even if they still loved me, I was now a different person as a as a you know, a kid coming out to her parents. I don't know. I just knew that they were going to have to readjust what they thought about me and my life, you know, what the what my life would look like in the future. And I'll say the only thing that my parents ever expressed that seemed, I mean, they always have been accepting, but they did talk about worrying for me, you know, like I'm worried that your life is going to be hard and I'm worried that you're going to be hurt or I'm worried that people are going to hurt you. And that, that was real to me. Those are some of my thoughts around that. I like that because that's what, parents do I'm looking at someone right now as I say that they you know (laughs) you you do worry you know because you want their life to be easy and although times have changed things have gotten better it's still it's still a concern it because it's you know sort of can be off there by yourself and it's also Mm -hmm. different for them I'm sure uh, maybe uh, not sure maybe they had a feeling it's different for it will be different for them as far Mm -hmm. as possibly back you know back in the day like grandchildren I remember talking to people my age you know and parents felt well there'll be no grandchildren there and all all that's changed all of that has so changed so you know there's marriage there's families now there's you know so it's it's really different as I said as far as coming out I don't know that I can say that I did that but I did have a conversation if uh, on the on the beach with you, Rob, if you remember, you were, I think, about a freshman in high school because my partner had decided to move down uh, and live with us. Actually, she was there. She was living with, and I thought, you know, maybe I should say something. <laughs> it's terrible, but maybe I should, yeah. 
So we were walking along the beach, and I said, I said to you, Rob, don't if you remember this, I said, you know, Rob um, is, uh, uh, you know, living here, and we're, and he stopped me and said, Mom, Mom, I know, yeah, I know, you know, sort of that look of, you know, I, I know all this, you don't have to continue, to which I stopped abruptly, giving myself a, God, that was good, that was easy. And um, Parent of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that? It's a good thing Joey's uh, here. I caught that. You, I know, I know. He's not even, you know what I mean? Just throws that out there. Yeah. <laughs> he just throws that out there. But but yeah, I was, I guess, in maybe 40, late 30s. And I thought that, and I really did. It wasn't like, oh, I'm escaping this, obviously, because I started it. But I, I, it, to me, it was just like he knows. I was all, I, you know, I was really, to be thinking about it, clearly thinking what I would do. I was mm-hmm. like, you were me. And it would be like, yeah, okay, shh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's enough. I don't need to hear anymore, right? And I would probably mean that. Like, I get it. You think I'm stupid kind of thing, okay. But yeah. I, that was the end of the conversation. And, and I was telling uh, Rob, Julie, that years later, I thought if I had that to do over again, if I had a do-over, I would have asked him a few more questions. I would have dug just a little deeper and just because it's a big deal, you know, it's a big deal. He's a freshman in high school, a boy. I don't probably a lot more to it um, yeah. than than I knew. Yeah. And I think for, for me, it was I did know it and I had known it before that conversation. It, I, I definitely reacted partly as someone would as if a parent was trying to give the birds and the bees talk. It was like, oh my God, <laughs> no, no. please don't talk about this because what this really means is you're talking about sex and who you're living <laughs> with there you go. and you're my yeah. mom. So let's not go there. But that said, I did have a sense and understanding of what was going on. I think the big difference was the time and, and where you are, not just in your life at your age, um, but where you are, you know, living, you know, the community that you're in, is it something that is familiar do I have friends who have parents who live with people of the same sex? You know, I think at that point the answer was no. So I was the only person I knew. I didn't know if you'd spoken to my brother, to Doug about it. So I didn't know how to, if I should broach it with Doug and if that was something we should talk about. And then you just were always thinking, well, what if I'm asked? You know, what do you say? And I yeah. think this is where we, we talked about this. You always saw yourself as you. Bobby's Bobby. It's kind of how actually how we labeled, we ended up kind of labeling this episode, which is it's Bobby's Bobby, Julie is Julie, and you know, Rob is Rob. Mm-hmm. That's what's important. But, you know, at that time I, I I wouldn't have known how to talk about it. You know, it just wasn't as prevalent in, you know, in the in the world, you know, in terms of open dialogue. Sure. And your age. I mean, what, yeah. fourteen years old, it's you know, as I said, you don't have a lot of experience. Well, give me some credit. And now I'm giving you <laughs> Maybe later. That wasn't Maybe that later. naive. I mean, you know, all of this. It's. I give you two credit for talking about this. You know, not just even on this episode, but I'm putting on you that I think you've had these other conversations around this. But in general, like kids don't want to talk with their parents about anything around sex. But what's tricky here is that your our sexual orientation, although sex is a part of it it's so much more than that but i think you know when i was talking about coming out to my parents one of the things is admitting that you're gay 
is a little bit admitting people start to think about the kind of sex you might have. And that is, that feels very, not only limiting, but exposing. It's interesting, Julie. That's so funny. I was just thinking that when you said that, because Mm -hmm. people play such a, you know, it does go to sex. It's like, you know, who you're, who you're being intimate with. And it's, it is so much more than that. It really is. So, I mean, I'm sure maybe to some people it's not, let's get real. Maybe it's not, but. Well, I mean, different encounters, different times, but yeah. Like how do we, what is still the majority of how we spend our life? I cleaned my house this morning. Like my partner and I cleaned our house. We talked about what we were going to have for dinner, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, gay people, are sexualized in a way that they are are sexualized. We are sexualized and and it it doesn't always allow us to be our full self. Going all the way back to like, oh, you know, you're standing there alone, you're lonely. They think those people thought they knew something about you, Rob. And people think they know something about me when I say that I'm queer. And it there's just it's it's a way that I live in the life, but there's we all have so many layers to us. And it's, we do, and it's, and it seems it has a lot, tell me what you guys think, but it's, you know, it's differences, different, different people can have, tend to have a problem with different, the the, the exposure, you know, you're, I, coming from this little town, I remember being in Philadelphia, we would go to Philadelphia to the dentist and the eye doctor from here, because there was nothing going on here, and I remember seeing two women, and it wasn't a mother and daughter, because I was kind of young and would hold my mom's hand and walk through Philadelphia, and I saw two women holding hands and kind of looking like more than just friends or something. I don't even, I just remember it. And I remember pointing it out to my mother and going, look at these two women are like, not, not pointing out like they're, oh, they're gay or they didn't know anything about that. But it was different. You know, it was different when you come from, uh, when Robert was saying he didn't know what people would ask or what. I had no, yeah. I had no gay friends, none. All my mm-hmm. friends are heterosexual, so I'm sure there was a community somewhere, uh, you know, where I lived, but uh, I was totally unaware of it. So, you know, that exposure, when you're not exposed to something, and then all of a sudden it's just so different to you. Um, mm-hmm. You Now, I don't know what this woman was exposed to, Robert, that thinks you're lonely, Um it's interesting, isn't right, it? Exactly. It's bothering me now. It's going to bother me I, now I, for days. I'm no, like, what is really she well. thinking that she looks at this guy and just assumes that he's lonely? Where someone well, else you're might... You're exactly right. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I think it's the same, you know, it, it's when you see somebody eating alone at a restaurant or you see someone alone mm-hmm. at the movie theater. Some people just like to do those oh, things alone. I love alone. the movies alone. Love yeah, it. they just yeah. love it. Uh, okay. Other people, you know, and there's lots of reasons for that. Uh, some people like to cry alone. I don't want anybody movies. eating my popcorn. You don't want people eating your don't popcorn. Don't touch my popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't. I don't yeah. know what she saw. But you know, the funny thing is, what the worst thing was is, I was a little alone. I was a little lonely. <laughs> so, oh, so all yeah. of a sudden, she hits it a hits nerve. A, yeah, a little trigger, you know, yeah. because you know, I was yeah. a, a married person for a long time, and now I'm a single person. And, you know, you're, you're kind of, I'm, I'm reorienting to that life. And I go through these, you know, these moments, especially when my kids aren't around. Interesting. Of feeling really lonely and probably the loneliest I've ever felt. You know, I, I, I can really start to think about, I just can't imagine life without my kids. And then when you're without your kids, you're like, oh, I I really wish they were here. You know, and then, you know, someone says, well, you look like really alone. (laughs) 
<laughs> Julie, you have to see the face here. You're I in Chicago. Like, you have to see this yeah, face. I'm just like alone. <laughs> I was like, I'm independent. Yeah, how dare you? Yeah, I'm an yeah. adventurer. But look I, at my right. backpack. Look at my backpack. <laughs> I am ready to roll into these woods. That's so funny. But That's it, right. People just assume Doesn't, stuff. Mm-hmm. They just assume it makes stuff. me wonder, like, what could she, even if she had seen you and she kind of clocks, oh, he looks like maybe he's a little sad, like, is or something. I don't know what she saw, but, like, was there something else she could have said that wouldn't have felt so bad? You know, hey, you are you on an adventure by yourself? You know, hey, what's your story? I mean, saying lonely is it so. That's the first it, thing. Yeah, right. Really. The first thing you say to somebody. Basically, as you just said, is your life really sad? Yeah, because you look really. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, you know, it's really. It's funny, too, that you say that. She could because, have invited me to dinner. Well, my first question to you That's was right. my first. What was my first question to you? How old was she? I thought she was trying to pick you up. Yeah, but this happens all the time. And you know, it's funny. This was just an, a verb, like something that was heard. Can you imagine all the little toads in that come out that aren't heard? You know, when, mm-hmm. what people say as they're judging and putting people in their little whatever, wherever they're putting them, probably mm-hmm. all day long. I always mm-hmm. said if they're, you know, comic strips, um, if, you know, the little mm-hmm. cloud over your head. God, um, aren't you glad we don't see that? I mean, it would be terrible what people are, you know, what little box they're putting you in. And, you know, it's really really beneficial to try if get over doing that because it doesn't, Mm -hmm. uh, the person that is being assumed something about, they'll learn to, uh, to walk that stuff off. I'm more concerned about the person that puts somebody in a box. But I do think that's a good mm-hmm. question, Julie. You know, what could someone say? Because it's not the only time. I mean, I, I happen to be traveling. But, you know, I think there are a lot of instances where you, you do know someone who's going through something. And mm-hmm. you don't know what to ask them. I mean, even if this yeah. person obviously didn't know me at all. But, you know, let's repurpose, the, you know, the, the situation where someone who actually hadn't seen me in a while. Yeah. And didn't know that I, that I was single and didn't know that my kids weren't with me or that I even had kids. So, you know, how do you talk to somebody about being different than you were before? Mm-hmm. And maybe this, this ties into the conversation about bulls. Like when you do have that conversation with your parents, you know, what did the parents say? You said you could have asked maybe some more questions of me. I, I could have asked more questions as well. You know, and as I got older, you, I, I probably avoided it more and more. I created distance from it. I always knew it. And I always accepted you. And I, I wonder what else you could say, what else you could ask, especially when you're not with somebody. I, you know, Julie, I, I, you, I know you've, you've been in a, a long-term relationship, but I, I'm, I'm just thinking as I'm talking to my mom about that, it's, it's kind of the in-betweens when you really mm-hmm. want to talk about it. How are you thinking? How are you feeling? How are you doing? You know, who are, yeah. are do you want to date again? Yeah. If well, so, who are, you, who are you going to go yeah, for? He I, looks good. Mm-hmm. Is that right? She looks good. Okay. <laughs> They look good. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think, you know, it's funny. I don't think we ever would have. I, I have to say that probably as, a, as your mom may have been an uncomfortable conversation to talk to you about dating. Do, do you know what I mean? It's sort of like, I don't know. You I, talk I, to me about everything else. Well, that's now. This is a di- it's kind of, you know what I'm saying, Julie? You get that at all. It's kind of a different. I think it's called oversharing. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a different. It was a little bit different back then. Yeah. I think it's really evolved and changed a lot changed a lot now and once you have conversations like that it just you know not sharing 
You know, I'm actually, believe it or not, sounds like I'm not, but I'm actually an extremely private person. And Mm -hmm. so, but I don't have any trouble at my age sharing things that are just me. I mean, there's nothing, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not embarrassed about it. I'm not, uh, yeah, it's just who I am. And uh, actually, Robert has convinced me that people are interested in who I am. So it's like, okay, <laughs> all right. I, I don't know why, but I'll tell you who I am. It's I, what the research is. is the, the research has shown. <laughs> the research I remember is... Rob, Bobby, I remember Rob talking about you to me when we met up in Chicago, maybe, and Rob and I met up just to talk about my experience in school in the fall of 2019. And he mentioned you and, and, yeah, and actually the way Rob described you, I was really curious. I was like, oh, that's so interesting, you know, a life coach, and that's exciting. So I'm really, I'm happy that then these few years later that I finally get to meet you. So you you actually are famous. I'm famous? Some wow. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you what else is famous. Maury's Pierce in Wildwood, New Jersey. It's a good one. <laughs> this is why he has these segues. These like, pearls. So he does. He does. Julie, yeah, you're I, so good I, Julie, have you ever been to Wildwood, New Jersey? No, I have not. Oh no, but there's an amazing movie called Wildwood, New Jersey, by a friend of mine named Ruth Lightman. That's amazing. About this actual yeah. Wildwood, New Jersey. Could you send like? us the link and we'll put it up? On I believe our... so. Please, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, it's one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. Oh. But I do want to hear about this water park because I, you know, I'm hot over here <laughs> I, I, I do i do well before so is the what's your favorite ride on the boardwalk or and on any carnival like experience do you have a favorite ride oh gosh no probably just like the carousel okay that's like sweet that. though sweet the the old old music. He's going, oh that's sweet i like, could see julie on the carousel <laughs> yeah. that's sweet that's up did down. you hear it julie yeah that's sweet you chicken <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm just going to get right into, yeah, I'll just get right into the ad then since she's on the carousel. While while she's taking a nap on the carousel, (laughs) we'll be at the water park. Thanks to Maury's Piers. Maury's Piers, located on the boardwalk in Wildwood, New Jersey, is a classic seaside amusement park, family owned and operated since the 1960s. If you haven't been to Maury's Piers, please get up there. It is already August and the summer is coming to a close. Visit them at Surfside Pier featuring the Ocean Oasis Water Park and Beach Club at 25th Avenue, Mariner's Landing Pier featuring Raging Waters Water Park at Skellinger Avenue, and Adventure Pier at Spencer Avenue in Wildwood. Yeah, please send us that. It, you know, this is a funny area. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, a, uh, it's eclectic because it's obviously it's a tourist town, but it's a different type of tourist town because its roots are actually really as an entertainment town. There used to be a lot of live music that came through Wildwood as a result of its relationship with Philadelphia and Atlantic City. So it was a, it was kind of a, it's always kind of been a party town. And then it, it migrated from its party days to, to more of a family atmosphere. And, uh, but it's, it still has its, uh, it still has its roots in having a good time. So sure does. I'd be curious to That's see. That's amazing. How, I'd be curious to see how your friend portrayed us. Yes. yes, absolutely. I just sent you a link, Rob. So, um, yeah, I want to hear that too. I have a, I have a still from this documentary framed in my home. That's how much I love this documentary. Oh, so okay. Wow. Can't wait to see the overlap. Oh, let's take here. a picture yeah. of that too and text it to oh, us. Oh, I can't we'll, wait to see that. That's you got it. We'll you got it. it. Yeah, it's a funny place. I used to be. Um, it's. I mean, talking about like difficult things to talk about. It's. It's. It was a lot easier to talk about where you're from. But Wildwood is, you know, it's it's honky tonk. It's a carnival town. So when I left Wildwood 
and people would ask me where I was from, I would I would be a little bit gun shy to say Wildwood mm. because you know it was a little little carnival. Really? Little, yeah. I'm hearing this for the first yeah, time. Yeah, I would just you know it's like as an 18 year old you just wanted to get away. And, you know, I, I just was like, oh, I, I don't want to tell people where I'm from. I want to start over. And you didn't you didn't want people to make assumptions about you based yeah. on their opinions about Wildwood. That's exactly, Interesting, that's exactly right. Because, Isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> and at some point early on in my career, somebody, you know, a mentor advised me to just whatever you do in meetings with clients or colleagues is to just be yourself, be yourself, say mm. exactly who you are where you're from and what you're about. And it's, you know, it's more, you know, authentic than it is, Mm -hmm. you know, giving you the generic. So the first time I did that, I was on a sales call and I was in Washington, DC and I was meeting with this gentleman who was, uh, who was responsible for this pension fund. And I, he asked me where I was from and you know, it was the first time I said, I said, well, I'm from Wildwood, New Jersey. And he goes, no, you're kidding. (laughs) I said, no, (laughs) I said, I'm from Wildwood. And he said, where in Wildwood? I said, well, actually, I'm from Wildwood Crest. He goes, what street did you grow up on? And I no. said, oh, Columbine Road. He goes, I grew up on Columbine Road. I said, no, you didn't. Oh my he God. goes, yeah, yeah. I, in the summers, I was down by the bay. I said, oh, my, my family was closer to the ocean. And, you know, he was much older than me. So he had very different stories. And he had more of the party days. And I had more <laughs> of the family days. But he had a lot of great memories. And, uh, you know, it built up an instant connection. And I stayed friendly with him until he retired. And then after that, I was dropping Wildwood everywhere. I, could, I couldn't stop That's talking right. about Wildwood. I was basically the national spokesman for Wildwood, New Jersey. But yeah, no, I, right. I, I was. I was. A, I guess I was a little concerned about, you know, what people would think because, sure. you know, it's, uh, yeah, it was a... But was, you have to be who you are, and it's the same thing with what we're talking about. If, you That's know, right. if you're going to, you know, not tell somebody pretty big part of your life, then you... What what kind of relationship is that is that going to be? It isn't going to be one at all mm-hmm. because you don't know you don't know who I am, you know. Mm-hmm. So and, and I think you know what isn't there a saying if somebody tells you who they are, believe them, you know, believe yes. them, believe them. Why, why am I? No, you're not. <laughs> I've had that. Oh, that's a great story. I worked with a I worked for a, a, quite a long time actually in real estate, and this handsome Irish older gentleman who I really liked, and he was flirty, uh, which was kind of fun. And, and I was in a relationship and one of the other women, I guess they were talking something about me or something. And cause she told me later on and she said something about Bobby's partner and, you know, it was a female name and he goes, what do you mean her partner? And he said, well, you know, she's with a woman and he goes, she is not right. And he goes, mm-hmm. yeah, she is. And um, no, she, no, that's impossible. And it was funny. I thought about it. The reason it would be impossible to him is because I think it was threatening his, because he was flirty all the time. And it was yeah. like, wait a minute, I'm flirting with someone who likes women? You know, that <laughs> somehow didn't fly, right? Anyway, it was funny because the flirting was over, you know. Um, and he right. was, yeah, it was interesting. So it was, so it was, it was how it affected him. Absolutely. Isn't it always? Yeah. You know, well, no, it does affect other people. That's why I'm saying you can't let it, you can't take that too seriously because that's not somewhere you're supposed to be anyway. It's when somebody yeah. has a, and then things change. I think that's important to know that some people might get some news that's very surprising to them. Like, really? Mm-hmm. That's just a surprise. There's nothing wrong with that reaction. You know, I didn't know. And maybe they need some time to process and mm-hmm. to digest that. Um, I'm sure. 
Your parents did. My parent, my father was deceased, and um, and my mother was not <laughs> was not doing well either. So it was not like I had a parent mm-hmm. thing to go through particularly. But you know, you need time to process that something that comes as quite a surprise to you. And a lot of times, people process it quite well, and mm-hmm. and it becomes you know it's perfectly fine. You know, give them a chance. You know, there's some people you should just give them a chance. Don't uh, you know? Let them process. Sometimes it's worth that it. That sounds very. That sounds very mature, Bobby. I'm old, Julia. I'm old. <laughs> That's not, I'm talking to these forty-year-old I mean, forty punks here, right? I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I still want to know when this date happens. Oh, the date? Oh, yeah. you're talking. I thought I had a date. Did you see me? I went. What date? Somewhere, somewhere in my, I would think, in my late forties, uh, business. I think a lot of had to do with being in business, in a business where mm-hmm. you have to, you get a little bit um, tougher, you know, you, mm-hmm. um, I hear you agreeing. Are you agreeing with me, Julie? Uh, that I, I, I am agreeing with you. Yeah. I, I'm a woman in my late 40s, um, and I do, I, I feel the most myself I've ever felt, and and I will say the like I I do worry so much less about what other people think, and I I do think it's age. Yeah, 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 definitely is, and experiences, and you know you have to put out fires, you have to do things, you have to talk to all kinds mm-hmm. of people. People say all kinds of they can say such silly, ridiculous things, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can decide you know who you want to be with, where you want to be, and gosh, That's it, it right. all seems to it all seems to work out when I didn't give a shit what people thought boy did i i remember in my uh uh i guess in my, probably my 20s my best friend in the world is maybe nine ten years older than i am and we've been friends for 50 years and yeah. i remember you know having a friend everyone should have a friend like that everyone should have a friend like that and i remember saying to her because i didn't i i was um nervous to return packages to a store I didn't know what to say. Like, what are they going to ask me? I'm like, how ridiculous. I look at that and I think, and it's true. I really was. And, um, you know, so am I, today, can I return a package? Oh, what are you kidding? Not like, can I return it? <laughs> you can complain can the whole go, way there. No, I, I know. <laughs> I know. I can, not really, but I can, uh, you know, tell when they say, is there anything wrong with it? You bet there was. <laughs> no. But, um, yeah. So, yeah, things change and they... Um, situations change people change you know what how people identify themselves change mm-hmm. change um yeah. you know i might um i might not always be famous <laughs> <laughs> you'll always be famous you'll always be infamous <laughs> uh, as funny. you as a question for both of you as you both came into you know this point in your life where you're worrying less and you're thinking less about what people think did that circle around you change you know did you find that you were with people or friends with people who maybe weren't as supportive as you were kind of coming into yourself more Mm. and more uh no but my circle of friends did change for another reason it had nothing to do with uh nothing to do with uh my sexuality um Mm. but i've been sober for 25 years i had to change my circle unfortunately (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, they were fun, but there were some people that, yeah, it just didn't work out anymore. No, my friends pretty much remained, remained my, you know, my circle of friends and added people to them. You know, when I, when I did start meeting, 
you know, more uh, gay and bi- bisexual people, people identified, whatever they identified as, but not heterosexual. You know, that, gr- that mm-hmm. started to grow a little bit. I like such a mix. I come from an area where it's such a mix of people and incomes and what people do, you know, um, mm-hmm. and that's kind of my circle of, of friends as well. So, but no, it didn't change yeah. because of that. I just banged the yeah, table. People- I just banged the table, Julie, and he's giving me one of those stop, <laughs> stop. So you know what I do, right? I just bang it more. You can't. Have to he's telling me what to do. Bang your table. I have to pad this room. We're a small operation out here in Wildwood, Julie. So the production value drops when she starts banging the table. I can't wait for my next episode on the podcast to get flown out to Wildwood, New Jersey. We yeah, cannot we'll, yeah. wait to fly you we'll out. We'll fly you out. We cannot wait. How about yourself, Julie? Um, Just as, yeah. as, um, same question. Yeah. yeah, same question. Just as as times change, as you you know, as you mm-hmm. change, and you know, where that's 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 the you know kind of the underlying you know mission of this podcast and our company is, is talking about change and shared experience yeah. and you know and you know this as well you know helping people who who, who don't have platforms uh get there mm-hmm. and as your own mm-hmm. changes kind of came did that world change for you did that circle change for you i do think um the i've gone through lots of periods of change in my life and for different reasons i mean in my in my t- early 20s it was you know sort of coming into my sexuality, but I've just gone through a, well, I went to business school after being a filmmaker for, for many years, for 15 or 20 years and being in more um, creative realms. Then I went to business school and I, I knew, I knew why I was going to business school. Um, I wanted to help people tell their stories in a really effective way. And I knew in order to be a champion for them, I was going to have to increase my you know, improve my toolbox, basically. Um, And that's exactly what I did. But going through all that kind of change, you know, talking about people who think they already know everything about you, people were like, what are you doing? And then people in my life who were like, MBA, gross, like only, (laughs) only jerks get MBAs, you know. And uh, so that was really interesting. But I, you know, going through all of this, and, and just any of the changes in my life, I mean, as I get older, I, my circle of friends is stronger because I no longer, I think it, for two reasons. One, I don't feel like I have to just keep friends and like be close to people just because we've been close in the past. And I've come to understand that all relationships actually have like hills and valleys or that some relationships and friendships might be more temporary. And that can be really hard to consider. I mean, we live in, live in a culture where if you just look at romantic relationships, like if you break up or you get divorced, like, well, that's it. Like this person is the worst. And I never understood that part. Like, wait a minute, you loved them like five minutes ago, but today they're the worst. Like, <laughs> when did that happen? And and for me, it, it happens a lot with friendships too. Like I consider you, Bobby, my best friend in this moment. Like I knew it was gonna <laughs> happen three years ago. And then here we oh are. Oh my God, Julie, she's then, gonna be talking about this all day. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, and then we might need a little space and then we'll come back together. And I think it's not, I don't, I don't interpret those like pauses or spaces in friendships as harmful anymore. And I, and I keep 
you know, the friends I keep closest are the ones who allow me that room and space to grow. Um, those friends that, you know, there might be periods of time where we're texting or talking every day, and then if we're both busy and you have three weeks or three months or three years where we just get busy but then come back together. And you come back together and they say, oh, my God, I missed you. And, oh, I have so many stories for you, you know, or I have so many questions for you. And instead of getting, you know, well, where have you been? And, you know, what happened? And I'm not to say there aren't things that need to be discussed a little more, but I feel like my instincts around who I spend my time with, like, I trust them more. I just, I think I trust my instincts about what I do more in general. And that might just, I think that gives me a, a sense of well-being. I was getting a sense of well-being just listening to it because it's so true. And it, no, it is, is, it is with age, you know, and that's who, you know, you find that circle of, of friends. It's, sometimes it's not you. It doesn't have to be huge, you know. It doesn't have to be huge. I, I always call it, uh, isn't it wonderful, people like that? I always call them a safe place to fall. You know, it's always oh, yeah. a safe place to fall um, if, you, if you have to fall. And that you're there for them, they're there for you, and they're not, they don't judge you. They don't judge you. You know, it's not about listening to you because how it relates to them, you know. So, you know, that's great. And to get to that place sounds, sounds relaxing, you know. It's so much more relaxing, you know, than being around people that, I don't know, that just kind of pull you, you know, push and pull. Mm-hmm. Um, don't mm-hmm. push and pull me. Well, she's a carousel girl. Uh, oh, so that's, that's, good. Right. that's really good, Rob. That's right. Is that good? I good? Was, no, I like that. That was yeah. she's a cat. <laughs> I always, I always. <laughs> In case I you're wondering what that is, Joy, I'm sorry, I was snoring. Every time he says carousel, oh, no. I snore. <laughs> I'm gonna. Can you re-edit this to put in the highest roller coaster, Rob? Yes. I will. So when you next see Julie on the 12 pound podcast, (laughs) she will be on the sea serpent roller coaster. It is an upside down roller coaster that you can't miss on Maury's piers located on the boardwalk in Wildwood, New Jersey, which will be Julie's first stop here when we fly her in (laughs) economy. It'll still be economy. Hey, We might ask you to use your miles if we do. We promise we'll like, get you some curly fries and uh, oh and some Core Brothers ice cream. Good, and uh, and we'll take you up to the boardwalk and you'll have an It'll opportunity. Be on location. Uh, I think so. Well, it's you know that's funny and thank you for that segue as well. We actually record up on the boardwalk our video content in addition to what we do here audio wise on the podcast, hmm. and that's a lot of fun because we get an opportunity to kind of take some of these conversations that we have and seriously lighten them up and and talk mm-hmm. to tourists and visitors to the wild woods, which again is very eclectic and unique in all of the, the people and personalities that we get to we get to meet up on the boardwalk. So we get to have a lot of fun up there. So you absolutely can help us talk to those folks. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun up there. That um, sounds great. I'm in. Julie, thank you so much. Thank you. This is really fun. Yeah. The hour went by faster than we wow. thought. We met at the University of Vermont, and yeah, I never forgot you. So when we mm-hmm. had an opportunity to talk about, uh, you know, life's changes and, and how people address them, uh, I just remember the great conversations that we had. So thank you so much for having another one with us. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Congrats on the podcast, and I can't wait to come back. 
Don't forget to check us out on the 12poundpodcast.com. Uh, the podcast can be found on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And we are also up on the boardwalk every week. Uh, those videos can be found on our YouTube page. So again, please check us out. If you like what you see, uh, like, follow, share, and, uh, and let us know as well. As we have told you in the past, mom is a life coach and she spends a lot of time working with people on change and the challenges that they may be going through. So you can also see uh, her information on our website again at www.12poundpodcast.com. And with that, Julie, we will say goodbye and I will text you a lovely thank you. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye, Julie. Lucy of the Margate Sands Made of dreams and old tin cans She's no diamond fellas But she shines the same With skin just like an ollie book There's no getting through to her She loves everyone Don't matter whence they came And if she were but not so grand And I could set her in a ring I would put her on your finger and when I took your hand, I sang la de da de da. I'd sing la de da de da. Well, it ain't much, I know. But we can take her with us anywhere we go. With Lucy.